wave energy is such a big source, according to the World Energy Council, it can produce twice the amount of electricity that the world produces now, yet like there's kind of a feeling of a race in the world, who's the company that is going to develop a commercial wave farm first, because that's something that has never been uh, successfully achieved. Welcome to Pick Appear's Future of the Industry series. This is where we discuss innovation, technology, sustainability, and travel. We host industry leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and experts of the maritime industry from all around the world. Pickapier provides technological and sustainable solutions to optimize marine operations and to make the sailing experience for boaters easier and more accessible. I am your host, Shlomi Singer. Be sure to follow and subscribe to our channel for more exciting interviews and updates. Today we are hosting Ina Braverman, co-founder and CEO of Echo Wave Power. I was, I was reading up a lot about you and I saw an interview recently published and at 24 you created Echo Wave Power, right? And yes. I, we're about the same age, I'm 34, and I feel like such a loser right now when I talk to you and I'm like, oh, what did I do with my life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure you did a lot. We don't know each other personally, so I can't uh, tell you the good things you did, but I'm sure you made uh, a lot of good things as well. So, and like, yeah. Where did the idea come from? So basically, uh, the passion came, let's start where the passion came from. The passion came from, uh, I'm Israeli, I live in Israel, but I was not born here. I was born uh, in Ukraine in 1986. And two weeks after I was born, the Chernobyl nuclear reactor exploded, wow. uh, which was the worst in history, a nuclear disaster. And uh, I was in a small town that was not very far from the nuclear uh, reactor. And uh, I actually, due to the pollution in the air and the negative effects of the explosion, I actually had a respiratory arrest and a clinical death. Wow. And uh, luckily my mother, that is a nurse, uh, she gave me mouth-to-mouth resuscitation on time and she saved my life. If she would approach my crib, you know, a few minutes later, that's it, there's no baby. I wouldn't be existing in, alive right now. And, uh, you know, as a baby, I don't remember the story, of course, I heard it from my mother and father as I was growing up, but growing with a background story and knowing that uh, you got a second chance in life and your first chance was taken by a polluting or maybe not polluting, a dangerous way of uh, harnessing uh, electricity or producing electricity, it, it makes something special, you know, you want to make a change, you want to do something special with your life, you feel like you're, maybe you're here for a mission because... Like you got a second chance, not everybody does. Uh, so that's kind of uh, the passion uh, around the subject. Well, so it's pretty much from two weeks after you were born, you have this passion, this desire to make a difference and to make a change in the world. No, <laughs> as a baby, you usually don't. Listen, as a child and growing up, I didn't really know uh, what I want to do. Uh, I studied in the university political science. Uh, I thought that maybe I can change the world through politics. Same here. You know, I studied political science in my bachelor's. Yeah. So I thought maybe, you know, I can change things and represent people and do good things. So obviously I didn't, uh, as a baby, wake up one day and said, let's do renewable energy. But it's something that evolved with time. So wh where did the idea come from for ecoic power? What, where did so, the... Uh, the idea is a joint idea. Of, yeah. Yeah. The idea is a joint idea of uh, myself and my business partner and the co-founder of Eco Empower. His name is David Leb. 
Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur. Uh, he has uh, different uh, patents and he successfully invested and exited a number of businesses. And uh, one of the investments he made is a surf camp in Panama. And uh, while being there during the renovations and seeing the power of the waves, uh, he started thinking like, okay, there must be something better that can be done with the waves other than surfing. Um, for me, uh, I got exposed to renewable energy through a company that I worked in in the past, uh, where I found out that there is solar energy, there is wind energy, there is uh, different types of uh, renewable energy, and wave energy is such a big source. According to the World Energy Council, it can produce twice the amount of electricity that the world produces now, yet like there's kind of a feeling of a race in the world who's the company that is going to develop a commercial wave farm first because that's something that has never been uh, successfully achieved. So for me, that kind of, for me and for David, I think what attracted us to the field is that we saw that there's a very high demand, but almost no viable supply. So that's kind of our meeting together, which was also by accident, was kind of the beginning of a wave power. That sounds so inspiring, amazing. Thank so you. how many countries are you currently active in? What, sorry? You... Uh, how many countries do you currently operate in? So right now, uh, we operate in about six countries. We have a subsidiary in uh, Australia, China, Gibraltar, Mexico, Israel, and Sweden. Uh, we have working power stations uh, in, in Israel and in the Gibraltar. Uh, recently, a few weeks ago, we announced that we just signed a new concession agreement for an 20 megawatt project in Portugal. Wow. And so this is something that we're very excited about. So I was also looking at uh, on your website, there is a list of uh, future projects. So do you feel that um, right now with the current crisis, there, there will be more opportunities or do you feel that there's less opportunities? Listen, it's a, it's a little bit of both. It's unclear at the moment. On the one hand, right now, when many countries, luckily Israel is exiting the crisis, but many countries are still in the peak of the crisis. So our business is mostly a B2G business, business to governments. And most governments are busy with dealing with the crisis and not so much with building their renewable energy power stations. So in that situation, what's happening with the coronavirus is not so good, of course, because the governments don't have the capacity uh, in order to handle new subjects. Uh, on the other hand, I think that the positive thing that happened with the coronavirus outbreak is that we suddenly started seeing clear skies in China and clean water in Venice. And suddenly, because you know the airplane stops and the traffic stopped and many of the factories closed, we saw different uh, special uh, natural phenomena everywhere in the world and animals started walking in the street again without being afraid. So I think that even when we hop back into polluting cars and the airplanes and so on, I think people, governments will still remember how nice it was to wake up in the morning, go to your porch or outside and take a breath of fresh air, you know, and not breathe the pollution from the traffic. Uh, so I do think that in the longer run, it will create a positive boost towards uh, the renewable energy sector. Uh, I really hope so as well, because um, it's really, for me, walking outside and seeing nature and how it looks like everything was, is going great without human interference. You know what I mean? So yep. going better than ever. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, animals that people that I uh, was they were believed to be extinct. I think appeared to be in Canada. There was an announcement about that, and it's it's been really fascinating to see how nature reacts without human interaction. And I think it really showed that we are guests on the planet and not the other way around. Like kind of you know, the planet something can happen and the whole humankind can vanish, and nature will continue going even without the interfere interfering of as humans so maybe that's also meant to be you know a lesson for us how to treat the planet I, I agree i agree completely so you mentioned previously about governments and how they are trying to reassess and assess what's currently important for them now how can we get governments to support initiatives like eco wave power and other sustainable let's call them green and blue initiatives how, how can we promote this to be on the top of their agenda? So I think that climate change uh, is at least in the recent years is on the agenda all the time. So you see governments and countries promising and setting policies and trying to stop global warming and climate change and so on. Uh, I think the main difficulty is to get it from the promises level to actual implementation level. And it's not because there is no desire. Uh, I'm sure that the government also wants a better world for their wives and children and families and so on. Uh, but uh, it's actually setting the policy, setting the legal framework, setting the supportive feeding tariff for new types of uh, renewable energy and so on. This is something that takes time. I always say that for, for EcoWave Power to build the power plant, is much faster than to get the licensing for the power plant. That's something that shouldn't be. Like, uh, it doesn't make sense that you would be constructing one year and working on the licenses for four. Like, mm -hmm. well, I didn't that causes a lot of, yeah, it causes a lot of um, kind of, a, a lot of delays, a lot of uh, uncertainties, because again, especially being a new type of renewable energy, many countries do not have the proper policies in place, so they set it as they go, and it takes time. And I think this is something that uh, maybe governments and the governmental organizations and even cities and municipalities need to do in a more proper manner. So how can they do that? Or how can we empower them to do that? How can we give them more, let's call it, a, the word that popped into my head was accessibility. So how can we uh, empower them? I think to, to probably devote a special department, a special contact people, special dedicated contact people that can, uh, like the only thing on their agenda is doing that. And then there's no falling in between the chairs and nothing is like unclear. So to set a clear pathway and have a department that makes sure that this pathway is being uh, actually executed. I think that's the best way because right now, uh, you know, it, it's it's very difficult to be a new type of technology uh, in a market that does not have any legislation or framework for that type of technology. That seems like it's a bit of a challenge, but as you mentioned, there are a lot of governments, a lot of people are saying, you know, we need to promote these things, especially right now when, you know, you mentioned um, how people in China are finally seeing stars at night. And yeah. people are becoming more aware of the importance of, of the, you know, maintaining the beauty of, of the world. So I think um, it's definitely something that 
um, you know, organizations and companies like ourselves should make an initiative to do something together and to yeah. help help make things more accessible, information more accessible to governments and to policymakers in different countries. Yep, definitely. Um, so. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that, but how can we make uh, your solutions, solutions similar to EcoWave Power, more accessible to the public, and not just for governments? You know, we were talking about um, getting the, uh, what we were talking about with more of a top-down approach. So we have the governments that make a decision, and then they tell it to the people what's going to be. But how can I know that a lot of um, a lot of individuals want to want to do things from the ground up, grassroots projects? Uh, how can we empower them to promote and and um, start start uh, raising awareness internally? So one example of that is something new that we're actually doing. We didn't announce it yet, but I can tell you okay. <laughs> uh, that uh, we we set we are setting a program in uh, EcoWave Power uh, that basically we understood we identified one of the main challenges for cities and ports, uh, which is more you know which is more the hands-on uh, authorities, let's say. Uh, their main problem is that many times they don't know uh, how much wave power can they harness in their port or in their city, what's their wave height, what's their wave period. They're missing a lot of data in order to be able to assess the positive impacts of a wave energy project. So we're setting up actually a program in EcoWave Power uh, with funding dedicated for that. Uh, we will be making sort of a competition uh, that any city or port around the world can apply. Uh, we will choose five to 10 of the best uh, locations and then uh, provide them with all this information for free of charge. So basically it's a whole year of work of making a detailed analysis and they will get information, what's their wave height, what's the wave period, uh, how suitable is their structures since we attach to marine structures and how much energy can they harness for their population. And I think, uh, and believe that uh, such move, for example, will uh, create more understanding towards the sector and maybe even prior prioritization of wave energy in certain cities that have significant potential for that source. This is, sounds like an amazing initiative. Thank when you. It, <laughs> You're the first one to hear about it. No, it's amazing. It's amazing. And uh, I think um, it will give us a lot of incentives for different um, for, for different individuals to you know to start something on their start like a career kind of a new career path for them yeah exactly amazing so for someone who's watching this and he wants to get involved we're speaking of careers and he wants to start a career in a sustainable company something that's coming that's uh providing a positive impact on the world uh, where do you recommend that they start should they start their own company like you did at 24 or should they you know, build something, uh, start from the bottom someplace and kind of gain experience. What do you feel would be the best way? I don't think there's a certain rule or, or set of rules or, or structure for being involved in renewable energy. Some people, uh, they can contribute as employees. For example, our engineers are doing an amazing job. EcoWave Power wouldn't be the same without them. Same for our sales team and marketing team and so on. So they're a big part of our story. Uh, some people, they're more like maybe prone to opening their own business or, you know, more entrepreneurial. And these people can open businesses. Some people can contribute even in smaller ways, like throwing the plastic bottles in the right can. That's also a bit of contribution for, uh, mm. for you know, 
for making a better world. So I think each one should do the maximum that they can do. There's no rules, there's no obligations. It's just a joint mission of taking care of our world. Amazing. Well, Ina, thank you so much. This has been very, very beneficial for me. I've learned a lot about both your background and about what you guys are doing and then your future plans. It sounds all, everything seems really exciting. So I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right.